we're going to talk about the lies that women are told. And I'm going to talk about what spurred on this idea in the first place, like what kind of triggered it. I'm going to tell a little bit of my personal story. And then I'm just going to raise some questions and raise some issues so that maybe this will touch one woman who has embraced one of the lies that they're told. Welcome to What Laura Likes, the podcast that helps you pursue the narrow path. Here you can find content regarding Catholicism, both for those new to the faith, as well as those of you looking to go deeper. You will also find content on the vocation of marriage, including motherhood and homeschooling. This audio is taken from a previously published YouTube video that was either highly popular or I thought would translate well to audio. If you'd like to see the video for this and other episodes, you can head to my YouTube channel, What Laura Likes. If you'd like to see the video for this and other episodes, you can head to my YouTube channel, What Laura Likes. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review if it adds value to your life. Also, consider supporting this podcast on Patreon to help it continue. You can find out more about me or contact me by heading to my website, whatlauralikes.com, or following me on Instagram at whatlauralikes18. Enjoy the show. I know that the biggest regret for women almost everywhere is that they didn't have as many children as they could have, that they somehow stopped their fertility. So we're going to talk about why that is, the lies the lies that kind of permeate within that lie. So before we get started, let's say an Ave Maria so that we can all enter into this talk with an open heart and with the Holy Spirit guiding us. And I'm going to be the Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Santa Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Namine Patris et Filii, Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So I'm going to list out some of the lies to get started with. Lie number one. Children are not meant to be our whole lives. Number two. We can work and raise our children well, having what we call a work-life balance. Three. We can have it all. Four. Motherhood is a given, but it's not our calling. Five, men should do their share. Six, women can do anything a man can do. Seven, having children is putting our life on hold. Number eight, our life exists outside of our family. Number nine, God calls you to be more than just a mom. And number 10, we determine the number of children we have, not God. So this all stemmed from an Instagram video where I was encountered with this whole idea of women putting their lives on hold to have little kids. And then once they reach school age, then they go back to their life. So they had a life before kids, which usually means a career. And then they have kids, so they stop, they stay home, they raise their kids, they don't put their kids in daycare. It's a beautiful thing. But then once they start school, they're like, oh yes, now... I can have my life back. Or maybe they put them in preschool earlier on so that, again, they don't feel bad about going back to their life, which again, is usually a career. My instant kind of gut reaction to this was, why do we think that our role as, a, as women, as mothers, in this walk, this really quick blink of an eye walk towards eternity, why do we think it surrounds anything but motherhood? Why isn't motherhood and our vocation of marriage, it, why can't it be 
the only sole thing and why can't we, we strive to do it well? There are many beautiful skills that have fallen to the wayside because women want to go out and be in a man's world. Instead, we, because the world disdains motherhood. It, I mean, we just, it's the truth. And we, if we say, and I have been in many conversations like this, you know, what do you do? Oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom or I'm a homeschool mom. Like, oh, and then they move on because they have no idea what to ask about. They can't ask about that because they assume they know what that looks like. And that's one of the, the follies, right, of humanity right now is that we don't value motherhood. So I want to talk to you guys about my journey through this because I used to be a feminist. I just, I was raised in the 80s and I just wanted to kind of share with my story with an idea that maybe it would help somebody else. Be kind of a, a truth moment for somebody. So, you know, they asked little kids at the very beginning of their like five, six, seven years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always said a teacher because one of the lies is you're going to get married and you're going to have kids, but what you do in society, that's the thing that defines you. And so as a little kid, I would say, I want to be a teacher. I follow that track, right? Because I knew as a little kid that if I said I want to be a mommy, people would look at me funny. Like, well, doesn't everybody? But I mean, what else do you want to do? What do you want to do that's important? What are you going to do that's going to contribute to society? And then the next question is, how many kids do you want when you grow up? And it immediately takes the question away from God and puts it in our lap. We get to determine it because contraception is just a beautiful invention. It's not. I'm being sarcastic. I mean, I'm saying what the world says. That contraception is this beautiful invention, and it allows you to determine how many kids you can have so that you can go out and do that thing that you said you want to do when you were five. You know, I'd always say, oh, I want two kids because my sister and I were two, and... And then when I met Ryan and we started talking about it, I, I really wanted four, <laughs> but he only wanted one. So we compromised on two because we both were still stuck in these lies. So then I go to college to become a teacher and I decide I'm going to go to law school, kind of on a whim, but also because I was so impacted by divorce and I wanted to go help families and I wanted to help be an advocate for children that are in this divorce. And anyway... I had all these big dreams and aspirations that were altruistic. They weren't selfish. You know, so I go to law school and we're, I'm trying to figure out how we're going to live our lives if I'm an attorney and Ryan's doing whatever Ryan was going to do. And so ultimately we decide that he's going to be Mr. Mom, right? And there's that song that came out, this country song called Mr. Mom. And dad's like home with the kids for a couple weeks and mom goes to work and he like gets exhausted. It's like, that'll work because I'm, I already have this career track and he, Brian didn't have one is defined and I'm like that way our kids won't be in daycare because I knew I didn't want to put my kids in daycare. So we played around with that idea and then we got married my first year after my first year of law school and immediately, I am not joking with you guys, the second, like the second day of our marriage, we we're on our honeymoon and I see a family, a mother and a father and a little like one or two year old and they're looking at the tide poles because we're at the Oregon coast and immediately I'm like, I want a baby and everything in me yearned to become a mother, to just drop law school. Like, forget all of it, forget all the career aspirations. I just wanna be a mom. And Ryan's like, you know, of course I'm already one year in. And Ryan's like, hold up, <laughs> let's finish law school. And so, you know, I pushed away that desire and every month I after that, I hoped we had a surprise because we were contracepting and everything in me wanted to be pregnant so that I could be have an excuse to drop law school. Or people were getting pregnant and still graduating. People were mothers and fathers in law school and still made it work. I'm like, I can do that. I can make it work. Which, I mean, 
I wouldn't suggest that for anybody because there's a lot of like daycare and I don't know, law school is really hard, so that would be really hard, but people do do it. But I just wanted to be a mother. Like the minute, you know, that sacramental marriage where you agree to be open to life, there's there's grace there. And that I know that was grace calling me to that. And then I wanted to get pregnant. You know, I kept hoping we'd get pregnant, like while studying for the bar. And Ryan's like, I'm like, let's just stop right now. Let's just stop using contraception right now. Let's, let's get pregnant. And he's like, you're going to be like having morning sickness during the bar exam. Like, just wait. So anyway, I got him to wait. I finally, like, I had a clerk job in for a judge because there was no jobs in 2009. So thankfully I found this job with a, for a clerk for a judge. And it was a great job, but I think it was like October. I'm like, this is it, this is it, let's stop. So finally we stopped contracepting, contracepting and I got pregnant three months later and it was just one of the happiest moments of my life. And I knew, like, I knew we were fertile. I finally, we were doing the thing that we had promised to do back when we got married, like, two years before. And it felt so good and so right to, like, not be contracepting. Because that was a whole other thing that I think, you know, this little voice, of course, this little voice was always whispering to me, what are you doing? But I didn't know about NFP, and I certainly didn't know about Humana Vitae or uh, Theology of the Body. Didn't know anything like about that. Everyone I knew had one or two maybe three kids, but th the third one was always an accident. So that's like my motherhood story, right? And then I become a mom and I'm trying to do contract a lot. I'm trying to be home. And I kept getting opportunities to probably go back into the workforce, but something within me was like, no, I want to raise this baby. Like forget the Mr. Mom thing. I'm the one nursing. I'm the one up at night. I'm the one who's like body is meant to engulf this little child. So, you know, ultimately that's why Ryan joined the military. One of the many reasons, but I just, I couldn't make contracting work work because there still just wasn't a whole lot of money there. And that was a kind of a new thing, the whole working from home kind of deal in the legal world. And so ultimately we joined the military and that enabled me to not only stay home with Chloe, but ultimately to have Neil, which again, you know, we did go back to contracepting and then he, but the minute we came back together after he got back from AIT, I was like, that's it. I want a baby again. And then the vasectomy after that. And so, I mean, it's really sad to think back on how these lies, especially regarding contraception, have impacted me, me like our lives personally. Because I, I wish we had five or six kids and I'm going to be 38 tomorrow. And, you know, I don't know what God has in store for us. We have since reversed the vasectomy. Thank the Lord. It's been a year. No baby. But, um, you know, his timing, not mine. So what I realized, right, is that this idea of life on hold, it actually, once I became a mother, my children became my whole life. My, my vocation fully stepped into my vocation as a mother and wife. And I didn't have time for outside things. The outside world, that wasn't truth. What was here in the heart of the home, in the mess of laundry and cooking and spit up and diapers, that was my life. The other stuff, the dreams and the outside world and the the power and the fame and the money and the whatever else the other thing is, that was all farce. That was all a lie. But my babies and my children, and now we homeschool, that, that's my life. And I yearn to share this message with other women because we're so lied to. The devil doesn't want you to have 10 babies, you know, or five babies or even three babies. He wants you to be distracted by what you went to college for or the fact that you even went to college. And then aren't you losing, you know, your 
you're losing your position in the world by staying home and the world doesn't value you and you need the world to value you. There's a stigma to being a stay-at-home mom that only women who aren't smart enough to have a career stay home, right? And we all sit on the couch and eat bonbons all day. And so if you have some kind of intelligence behind you, you know, if God's given you this gift of intellect and that you can go to college, especially going to law school, the decision to walk away from the world and what you work so hard to do in order to do the, the, the lowly work of raising future saints, raising the future society, it's something to where even your own parents may not understand your decision, your own family. But didn't you go to law school? Do you want to be a lawyer? Like that's a really noble profession in some ways. If you know, if you, there are really noble lawyers. So don't dog on the lawyers. But you know, it's, it's just one of those things where we have to always ask, what is for the glory of God? If I was an attorney or a mediator, I would ask those same questions of myself and make sure that I took on cases and projects and things that were for God's glory, that were helping protect children or helping a family navigate a legal issue. I have my own children and my own husband, and I find tremendous joy in taking care of them and studying the skills that make me a better wife. You know, I'm still learning how to cook and bake at almost 38 years old. I could be a better sewer, seamstress, for sure. It would be amazing to cultivate these skills that are so lost nowadays because everybody likes to go to Amazon or Walmart to get everything, but I'm telling you, we don't know what's coming. We probably should all know how to sew a shirt. So there's one thing I want to I want to raise that in regards to today's woman. When you decide that you are going to be pregnant or you're open to life and you get that and you're trying to get pregnant, whether it happens immediately or it takes a year or five years, that positive pregnancy test is such an amazing, beautiful moment. And then we go through our pregnancy, whether it's an easy pregnancy or whether it's really, there's a lot of suffering involved. When we go through the birth experience, whether it's an easy birth or most are not, and then we bring this little baby home and, and these women that are, have been lied to, they're so excited at that pregnancy test. But six weeks after they bring their baby home, they hand them off to strangers because they have to go back to work. And I'm not talking about women who have to work like literally there's no other choice and they're going to become destitute and live on the streets. I'm talking about women who choose to put their careers before motherhood, before the desires of their heart that somehow they detach. And I used to work in a daycare and I would see these women bring in these six or eight week old babies. And you could see the tears, you could see the heartache, you could see the turmoil. And yet they had bought into the lies that they were more valuable outside than right here in the home. And shame on all the men who perpetuate these lies that want their women to go work because they want a bigger house or a nicer car or fancy vacations or whatever, because I have come across them and those are not men. Those are little boys that are look, they look like men. Because a true man wants his wife to take care of the home, the hearth, be the heart of the home, raise the children, and would never ask her to separate herself from the very soul that lived for nine months in her womb. Regarding this like infiltrating Catholicism and Catholic women, what I've noticed is that a lot of women, especially like in the social media realm, they see they have like a, this gift and talent and they want to share them for God's glory. And I'm not saying, obviously, I'm sitting here in front of you. So I'd be a total hypocrite to be like, don't do anything for God's glory. But I think the way we have to be really careful as women is one, if we let anybody tell us 
that we should be using NFP in, in any kind of contracepting mentality. Oh, I have a talking gig next month, so we need to skip that month so I can make sure I'm not pregnant for that talking gig. So I think within the Catholic realm, we just have to be careful because we, we could be feeling very much called to serve God, but remember that the devil can use that calling and he can twist it so that we actually are neglecting our family and, and our our duties in life to produce a good. And of course, God uses, he works all things for good. So he can take an evil and make it good. He can still make it fruitful if you're doing something that's against his will. But we really, I think, need to all internally look at ourselves and say, am I being the wife and mother I want to be? Is there something outside of this, of my vocation, that is distracting me? Because again, why isn't it enough that we use our time and talent with our own family in the home? Why do we need to be seen? Why do we need to be heard? I'm just, those are just my thoughts. Whew, okay, let's end with an Ave Maria. Oh, let's actually, let's end with a memorari to ask Mother Mary to guide us all towards our vocation. If you have feel like there's other lies that you have heard regarding your worth as a woman, put them down below and uh, we can talk about them. All right, Nomine Patris et Fides, Spiritus Sancti, Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To thee do I come before thee, I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petition, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. I just want to clarify this not meant to condemn women, especially women that have made different choices, but I also... It's a call to action. It's a call to reflect. It's a call for those who are not married yet or are engaged or are newly married. It is a call to embrace your vocation before anything else in the outside world. Mother Mary is the absolute best example of this. She was the wife of St. Joseph as well as the Holy Spirit, right? But the worldly wife of St. Joseph and she was the mother of God. She was the mother of Jesus Christ. We don't know anything else about her. We don't know what kind of good she did outside the home. If anything, the mystics say that she was very much in her home. We need to look to Mother Mary for our example. And we need to humble ourselves enough to be okay if the rest of the world scorns us. As long as we are walking with Jesus Christ and doing God's will, it shouldn't matter. So I'm going to link down below the Litany of Humility. Please pray it and ask God to humble you. Also, I'll link down below Humility of Heart, both the audible audio that's on YouTube as well as the book that you can get on Amazon. I think maybe Tam Books too. I'll, I'll link whatever ones I can do down there because Humility of Heart is a beautiful book as well. All right, guys. Have a very, very blessed day. Continue to know God, love God, and do God's will. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope this episode has blessed you. For more like this, head over to my YouTube channel, What Laura Like. Be sure to subscribe, review this podcast, follow me on Instagram, and visit my website, whatlauralikes.com, for more info about what I do. Until next time, continue to know, love, and serve God. Pax Christi.